welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Hello, dear listeners. Hi. We're back again. In your ear holes. On this wonderful Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. Hump day. Making your hump day easier. <laughs> if you're listening, if you're a chronological listener, that is. Correct. There's two camps. And do you notice how the ones that usually let us know that they're chron- the ones that let us know how they listen are usually the chronological order ones? Because we must yes. just be a certain type of person. You, by we, you're, you're meaning you, because I'm <laughs> yeah, the other I'm, person. Uh, I'm a chronological. And I am. Everywhere, <laughs> anywhere. Do you know what though? Actually, I lie because Ooh. my latest favorite podcast, um, I do not listen to in chronological order. That must be a first for you. Uh, yeah, it has Are you to be changing. Why? No, this is the only one I don't do that. Is that because you came across like a certain episode that was intriguing, so you started there, or? Uh, no, I believe I was googling a certain serial killer. Oh, <laughs> and I don't their know why episode I popped up oh, and I listened okay. to that serial killer. They had a series of three episodes covering that killer and so I listened to it and then I, from there, just went whichever serial killer tickled my fancy. Oh, like <laughs> any of them do, so uh, to speak. Yeah, I get pretty fascinated. Yes. It's you're the psyche. S- you're weird like that. No. Yeah. Why is that weird? Like me and a billion other people in the world are fascinated yeah. with true crime. Oh, I listen to it as well, but yeah. I can't say I've never said it tickles my fancy. Well, it's probably just a, a poor choice of words, oh. but you you're intrigued in a different way to me though. I'm yeah. like I can't look away. It's like saying don't look here or driving past a car crash. Mm. I look. Mm. But I'm not intrigued. It's just because I can't not look. Mm. How are you in the hospital, though, in theatres? Oh, intrigued? that's different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. it's just, I think that's weird. That's controlled trauma and you're there with a purpose. Mm, okay. Yeah, you're there because this person, like, needs help. Had a controlled accident. Well, you're controlling the help. Were you working the other day on oh. Friday when the man... In the Should lo- I stop this? Or? When the man in the local area had his arm go through the concrete pile. Oh, I was working, but he didn't come to us. He got oh. chopped out. Oh, that's right. Matt yeah. and I did talk about that. Yeah. I was like, oh, Lara would have been working. I have to call her and get get the inside. As if I would tell you. I know. It's against our code of conduct. Thank I you know. Very much. But you would have told me about, like, what I already knew and the grossness yes. of it. Yes. Which the, was his hand got chopped off and needed to be reattached. Yeah. They had it. Yeah. With him. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that would have just like been enough for me to go, but hearing it from you would have been really cool. I would, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. The old finger. Before we got to Scotland, when we worked, when Matt and I worked there, there was a story that they had. There was a terrible accident and a gentleman's head was hanging (gasps) off. That was what? pretty bad story oh. they were telling us about, but we went there to see that. And so he died? Yeah. I think he was. I don't even I know I thought you how... were just about to say they reattach heads in Scotland. No, well, I don't know how <laughs> they even... No, I don't know how he made it that far into the actual operating theatre because 
from what they were saying. There was I really wish any... we didn't just have lunch. Sorry. <laughs> Should I stop recording? <laughs> I don't know that people need to hear about this. Well, I'm eating lunch and I have to listen to you talk about blood. Yeah. And now after lunch I'm listening to you talk about heads being reattached. Yes. You did bring it up in all fairness. <sighs> yeah, I know. Okay, let's get back on track and change okay. the subject. Rain it in, rain it in. What are we talking about today? It's not anything to do with severing any body parts. We're having a chat about um, spirituality and how really? to hold it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, it's wow. It's a podcast for it. <sighs> not, um, not anything too grotesque like serial killers and, and bits getting chopped off. But, no, I thought it would be really good to chat about um, boundaries and integrity um, and spirituality within within that same sentence, so to speak. So when someone calls themselves spiritual or they're, you know, they're on their journey, so to speak, because I know we both love that word. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, talking about that and how you can keep it sacred mm -hmm. yeah. rather than just become one of those spiritual people that, you know, talk the talk, don't mm. walk the walk. Mm. Or even... Um, feeling like you have to justify or prove or state or um, put out for display yeah. who you are and what you are. Well, I think it's, yeah, definitions have always intrigued me as well because some people get lost on definitions or some people feel as though they have to define something in order to make sense of it to themselves. But I kind of feel like the second you define something, you're limiting it to being just that and that's just how it should be in that exact way, shape and form. Yeah. Rather than allowing it to just be what it is. Mm. And it's different for everyone. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. Yeah. And spirituality is one of those, um, it's like a big umbrella. Oh, isn't it just? The biggest. It is a big umbrella term. Um, and there's so much inside of it that um, that makes it sacred um, within, you know, within an organization or within a group or within a belief structure and, or within history and culture and tradition. Uh, but I think today what I'll probably focus more on is the individual yeah. keeping that spirituality sacred. Yeah. To each, <clears throat> each person. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful for our listeners as well, because, you know, our wonderful listeners are here because they're on on their own path somewhere along the way hmm. and it's nice to sort of check in or redefine or, um, you know, just have a look at where you're at and how to honour that yep. in what's good for you. Yeah. So with all of um, my years of um, study, experience, living, all, all that kind of stuff and just my inquisitive nature and curious mind, um, Obviously, our listeners, well, most of those listening would, would be aware that I am equal science and psychology as I am the spiritual side of life. And so a lot of what I do uh, for to keep my spirituality sacred uh, encompasses and also includes uh, a lot of psychological methods and tools and techniques as much as it does the spiritual side things as well. So... A few years ago, I created a hierarchy, for lack of a better word, of the sacred spaces in bunny ears um, <laughs> that are in my life. And I see spaces uh, as energy. 
So, um, you know, like, so the, the podcast is its own sacred space. Your friendship and like our friendship is a sacred space. My marriage is a sacred space. At my spirit room where I work from is a sacred space. So a space can be a literal space that holds energy, like a bricks and mortar yeah, space. physical space. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, you know, landmark space, uh, like the ocean or whatever. Or it can be a um, like a an energetic um invisible space that only exists because you're in some kind of equal relationship with another so for me uh I added in some things that I learned around being able to be um super uh not um, or just organize. So getting the, the best out of, um, ev- out of every minute kind of thing of and being course. really effective and proficient and productive and proactive. And, uh, that's just the way that I choose to live. And so when I do mentoring with people, one of the first things that they learn is to set up their sacred spaces. And I teach them what I taught myself, which is that blend of all of those things I just spoke about. So this hierarchy. Yeah, so it's the hierarchy that they learn and the hierarchy is made up of equal parts, spiritual reasons and psychological human reasons. I love that. So the the hierarchy um, that I teach, the, the first two positions, the top one and the second one are given to you as a student of mine or as a mentee of mine and then together we structure the rest of the hierarchy depending on the person because it's different for everyone makes sense yeah but essentially the way that it works is that the top priority in the hierarchy the number one sacred space needs to be taken the most serious or the one that becomes front and center which goes without saying because it's at the top. But there's a reason why it's at the top. It's because it supports all of the others. Whereas if any of the others were to go in the number one order, uh, it you wouldn't be able to function. You wouldn't be efficient. You wouldn't be productive, proactive. You wouldn't, you know, be, be potentially reaching that, that full potential. Right. Which is what I'm all about. So my hierarchy starts with the number one spot being vitality and the second spot is spirituality. Now, my mentees and my students will know that my other sacred spaces, but I'm not going to talk about them today. No. Um, but the the ones that fall underneath, you've got to think of like um, motherhood, fatherhood, your marriage, your home, your job, um, your, your extended family, your best friends, Mother Earth, whatever, whatever things that you think are sacred spaces. And so what I want everyone to think about is... The vitality sacred space is um, if you could, if you think about sacred spaces as you want to show up keeping it sacred. So if I say to you, Laura, what does I want you to show up in your Sunday best mean? What do you think that alludes to? In your Sunday best? Yep. Your cleanest clothes. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. So the Sunday best uh, term comes from showing up to church on a Sunday. Yep. And it means that basically you show up with your best manners, the smile on your face, your most generous attitude, your best clothes. You probably had your first shower in the week if you're a good Catholic child. Spit shines your shoes and all that kind of stuff. And basically mind your P's and Q's. Yes. And any spare change you can scrounge up to donate to the 
um, what's it called? The bowl that goes around. Yeah, what's that called? Charity dish. Yeah, what's that called? Um, tithings. Oh. Tithe. Um, so what I want you to think about is if you were to put vitality as a church, so to speak, inside of you and treat it as a sacred space and turn up in your Sunday best to your vitality, on on a piece of paper what we do is we put on one side we just do a square, on the right side we do a square, so left and right two squares. In the left-hand side we put inside the square all of the things that we are doing to show up to let that sacred space know that it is sacred to us. So how are we showing up in our Sunday best to our vitality church, so to speak? Wow. So what that looks like in your day-to-day life. Yeah. So okay. and, and this is the, when we do this the first time around, you have to be a really honest, like, mm. you know, count. Of, you have to just really reconcile to the truth of what you're doing, which is why I like to go through with people those first two spaces together mm-hmm. because – I can usually understand what they're not saying and and I'll push it out of them or pull it out of them. So you write down all the things that you're doing to show up for your vitality. So for vitality, we're looking at three main areas. You're looking at your emotional, mental and physical. So that's where you kind of start. It's like what are you doing for your emotional health to to let the church know that if you had to show up on your Sunday best, that the church who knows all sees all and sees all and bees all and does all and whatever, that it would just say, yeah, cool, like I, well done child kind of thing. <laughs> and then in the right hand, the right side box, what we write there is all the things that we're doing that we're, we're not doing that are kind of disrespecting the sacred space or, if you will, sinning. So it's Taking like what away. would you have to go to confession booth for? Wow. So I like to use those those analogies, I guess, because it's fun. Um, <laughs> but also it really helps people understand at what part they've got to get to within themselves to be honest with themselves because yeah. that's what it's about in terms of the reason why it's there in religion. Writing it down on paper, there's something about that too as well. It's very confronting. Oh, for sure. Mm. And it gets it out of you. Yeah. So once it's out, yeah. it's not just confronting, but once it's out, it's out and it can be evolved from there moved yeah yeah it's not just an internal thing anymore it's also an external yeah Uh, and in real time my my students or my mentees are usually for the very first time admitting it to themselves but they're saying it to someone as well so it's going to give it energy to a solution yeah so there's lots of psychological benefits to this process but ultimately the underlying part is to merge um, your human and your spiritual aspects together in this process. And this is one of the, the funnest and hardest and fruitful processes that I take my people through. Yeah. So once you've done that, um, you can sort of give yourself an idea of um, like already you start to notice what things you just just now that you know that that mm. that you're only cheating yourself in the end um and if you really want to show up as um treating your life sacred and if you really want to have most importantly because most people who come to me or listen to this podcast want this but if you really want to have the best shot and the best opportunity at reaching your potential in your spirituality your vitality needs to be key you know what you eat what you drink what you what you do emotionally mentally and physically is all going to impact your spiritual potential and experience. Yep. 
So that's why it goes at number one, because if you're sick, you can't, you can't be higher consciousness. If you're sick, you can't be a good mum. If you're sick, you can't be a good wife or, or husband or worker or yeah. of service. You can't show up. Yeah. Mm. And so we have to take care of this human experience first. And that's why vitality is number one. And that's what I demand essentially for people who follow on with my teachings. Mm. The next one is spirituality, and that's what we're going to mainly focus on today. Um, and the spiritual one is the same. So we do the left side square and the right side square. And in the left side, we write all the things that we're doing to show up for our spirituality church. So if our spiritual journey or our spiritual life and the 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 part that it takes up of our life, are we showing up and giving it our best or are we not? And where are we doing that and where aren't we? So when we get to that point, uh, underneath there is different for everyone. Uh, and the order usually surprises people when we come up with their final and set on their final order of their hierarchy. Uh, but for everyone, they have to start with vitality and then spirituality. And so in the spirituality sacred space <clears throat> what needs to be included in there is the is protecting um so there, there's something being sacred but there's also something in protection so it's protecting the sanctity of your spirituality and the things that you need to come up with there are very human they're their beliefs and values and boundaries and essentially what Whenever the way that I know it to be is that um, because we are all one and because we have everything that we need inside of us, uh, spirituality is an individual experience. It's all kind of like we're all just part of a big web and I'm pulling my weight, you're pulling your weight, and some people aren't. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm pulling my weight for me first, then for you, then for everyone, and then for everyone and for everyone. But I've got to pull this human weight first. So... Yeah, we all, that's where we start. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to be very self-aware. I need to protect my journey and keep it sacred. Yeah. And so the way that I do that is, um, like I mentioned in last week's episode, every year on my birthday, I reassess my boundaries and my values. Uh, my beliefs don't usually change, but sometimes they do. Or they don't really necessarily change, they might evolve. Evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the way that we the way that we think about being able to protect it is that I've got and I might put it up um, if you want, but on the socials, but I have like a, a list of of um, boundaries that, that I just don't cross. Um, one of them is that I refuse to debate spirituality like and another person's um journey yeah and i refuse to debate my own and leave it exposed to be debated yes um i don't buy into anyone's um misconceptions of who i am yeah. anymore i used to but yeah. i don't and i haven't that's done learnt, for a while that's a yeah. learnt behavior though isn't it correct yeah so it's kind of like no this, this, me, my journey is not open for your interpretation. No, why should it be? No. No one should be. Yeah, and yeah. I don't expect anyone else's to be yeah. unless they hire me yeah. and become someone yeah. that I teach and mentor through it. Yeah. And even then I'm guiding and I'm letting them have the moments of revelation and, and 
realization. Yeah. It's not something that I'm feeding to them. No, that's right. You're holding space. Yeah. And teaching them tools and techniques of yeah. how they can discover it themselves. Yeah. And uh, I, I also refuse to uh, be labeled essentially. So yeah. like, it's really difficult for me to sit in the category of psychic medium or to, you know, even advertise that that's who I am or to have like podcast hosts and, you know, magazines label me as that. When they're doing your bio and your little intro and yeah. Yeah. Like it's some- so much, so yeah. many different things. Yeah. yeah. It's something that I've had to just let go of any yeah. attachment to realizing that it doesn't really matter anyway, that I'm still, my light's still reaching who it needs to reach regardless yeah. of what I'm labeled as. Yeah. Um, then there's some other sort of boundaries as well around time and energy. So we've spoken about this before, about how I'm pretty precious with, with who I spend my time with and when. Um, I brought in Sacred Sunday. Very You're similar. intentional with it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. very similar to the whole church situation. And Sunday's really just because it's the day that it works best for me and my family. But any day of the week. Yeah. Um, is my prep day. It's my sacred day to prepare my energy to be able to stay true to my spiritual choices and and to walk my talk yeah. uh, and to be able to have the energy to continue to evolve because it's sometimes really difficult for me to uh, to evolve now because I'm so busy helping others evolve themselves yeah. that I go on the back burner. And I'm really lucky, or not lucky, but I'm really blessed that I've got you and I've got my husband, Matt, uh, to to call me up and even Shannon from Asher Moon, like yeah. to just sort of gently just sort of nudge when it's sort of time to, to go inward or to do something for me because the service is at that top priority. And yeah. in my vitality uh, sacred space, uh, I know that a huge part of my my vitality, my life, my human experience is my service. So it kind of is in there. And if I don't do it, I feel dead. Like I feel useless. I'm miserable. I'm, you know, I, I don't move as well. I get sick. My body hurts. My auto, my autoimmune flares. I need, like, it's like a, it's like, it's oxygen for me. Yeah. So it can be yeah. a bit of a catch 22. It's a fine balance, isn't it? Between yeah. looking after yourself in order to be able to serve and then serving to look after yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So the sacred Sunday being able to be very precious about that day. And, you know, it, it needs to be something that, um, when people really understand me or even not just, they don't have to understand me, but they just have to respect that yeah. this is my decision to do that. And uh, it needs to be unapologetic, but not in a way that is abrasive and aggressive and rude and arrogant. It's just, if you know me, you know, the reason why I'm doing this is for something greater than me. Yeah. It's, it's for yeah. the greater good and it's for my greater evolution. And you also, you know, that's what you have placed a high value and importance on. So anyone that has high value importance on anything. That's it. You know, that's for a good reason. So yep. if you know that person, you respect it. Yeah. Like I remember. Irrespective of what it is. Mm-hmm. I remember a few years ago I met some um, new friends um, through one of my children. And my child was going to go and do a new activity and it was going to be on a Sunday. And I was talking to the parents of this, of my child's friend. And I said, oh, 
they were they were talking to each other about it and they were saying how they're really excited and is your child going to be doing it like it'll be really fun and the mother turned around and said um no we have church on sunday and i said um and i wasn't being disrespectful uh, but i basically said oh yeah i've got a couple of other friends who had that same situation and they've decided to go to church on a different time or do the different um service so that their child can come but I know that she took offense to me saying that and I know she took offense to me saying that because of who I am right and I there's a bound there's a there's a boundary there for me that doesn't take offense to that situation but I am I can observe it and I could witness that that's the truth behind the situation but that's okay for me. Like I don't get offended by it. I don't get upset by it. I don't get anything by it really except for like, okay, you've got a priority in your life that you have deemed is the number one priority and I respect that and I love that for you. I didn't say that to her but uh, that's that's my true and honest belief and thought. Yeah, Yeah. and so from then on it's just, okay, well, I just don't bother with, not not bother but I don't, keep engaging with that because I've hit the boundary for her where that is her priority of what she holds. And for me of all people completely understand it. Yet. I don't think she, she got that whole, she, I don't not know. think she didn't. It was lost on her. Very much so. Mm. Um, And there's lots of reasons how I know that, but it's it's really interesting. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting to see sometimes how you can see what people value and what they hold as a priority. Yeah. Um, and usually family time or um, people's ideology of motherhood, especially, is a huge trigger for a oh, lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we start to look at sacred spaces. Um, so a lot of my clients are female. Most of them are female. I do get males, but most yeah. of them are female. Um, and when we get to organizing the hierarchy of their sacred spaces, you can you can bet what number one is for them before they learn about vitality and spirituality. <laughs> number one is always motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. And when they discover that motherhood actually comes at one of the last, um, they are mind blown but at the same time totally on board and totally get it and can't believe that they never saw it that way before and then once you see it you can't unsee it correct that was me 100 percent. yeah to my detriment yeah so bad yeah so good down the other way and most people not most people but most women mums yeah or even fathers that are stay-at-home dads or whatever yeah all different levels parents people that have younger people to look after um there's there is that internal kind of um conflict that says this needs to be a very top priority for my stage of life right now and I'm not going to debate it with anyone no of course not it it Um, makes sense that it's so like never have until you're in that position you know you haven't been in charge of another life and you haven't been responsible for that and it's freaked me out Mm. Very much so, and I didn't know how to deal with that or what to do. So, of course, that becomes my priority to, to figure that out. But mm. then when everything else falls by the wayside, that's when, you know, you're well out of whack. Yeah. And, like, you saying that, it's like, okay, so if I was to challenge you a little bit on that and said if your vitality was your top priority, would you, would that have ever have happened? Exactly. Mm. Not at all. And then if your spirituality was – spirituality? Spirituality. <laughs> Got a situation with the spirituality. 
I do listen to a podcast where someone continually says that. Really? When they say spiritual. When they say spiritual, it's spiritual. Spiritual? Something. I don't spiritual. know. Anyway, go on. Is yeah. that when people say something? Something. Oh. Or anything. Anything? Something? It's not a thing. No, no. it's not. Anywho. Just like, oh. <laughs> We digress. <laughs> Each to their own yeah. with their yes, language. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and then if you've got your spirituality in there as well, then you have uh, a certain level of faith that surrenders yes. up the the suffering and turns it into some form of blessing and creative way through what you've got to get through and you're not alone. Yeah. And most suffering, I think Tony Robbins says, and, and, you know, this isn't verbatim, but Tony Robbins says that um, um, all suffering is um, perception of loss or loss perception. Right. And so suffering is definitely an ego yeah. situation and which means that you've disconnected from your spiritual self and you're expecting your human self to figure out what to do and how to make it better. And that's yeah. not the aim of the game. What do we know? <laughs> what do we know? What do we know? Turns out spiritual people yep. tend to know a lot more yep. about themselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them get to some point and stay there. You realise more about yourself. Yeah, you just become more self-aware. Yep. If you're really owning the shit and this comes back to... If it's not bypassing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the spiritual bypass, which is, yeah. Yeah. And when you get to the point where you're adding spirituality into your life that it's taking up enough of a chunk for you to go, you know what, if I had to say to someone what I did today that my spiritual life or the spiritual element to my life is no longer something that I leave like I wouldn't say to someone, oh, I had a shower and I brushed my teeth. It's kind of like that's a given. And when you when you start to notice that your daily chunk is more than a brushing teeth situation um, and takes up more of who you are and, and, and directed your day in, in a way mm-hmm. uh, and how you moved and the, the conversations you had or even where you are in the moment that you're talking to someone about it, uh, that's when it's time to start putting up some boundaries that says, you know, I need to protect this, I'm in, and I am far enough in now that there's no going back and you're not that you ever really want to go back. Yeah. But when you're far enough in, you, you want to be able to keep having the strength and the courage and the motivation and the energy uh, to, to want to keep going and be open to receive when it's time for a deep dive off the cuff. Yeah. So there is also the integrity behind it too which um, is what we see mostly these days, which I'm not going to, you know, shit on anyone, but it's this is where there is a lot of shit in the spiritual arena and industry and there's a lot of people out there that claim to do things and not do things and um, and teach things and, and all of those things. Yes. Uh, but when your spirituality is sacred, there is a compass that helps you discern and determine where you need to go to next and instead of being blinded or you know um guided by these bright flashy lights that smell pretty and look pretty and sound pretty um 
it's about how you feel from your internal self rather than your external self. Yeah. So when you seek to get a certificate in something or you seek to do sister circles or, you know, rituals with big groups and whatever, I just encourage people that when you have your your boundaries and your integrity, it's it's easier to spot um, the fluff essentially. And sometimes the fluff is fun. Go for it if that's what you want to do. And there are people in that arena like Shannon from Asha who, you know, they take it so seriously. Yeah, so there's plenty of people. It is, yeah. yeah, It's just like um, it's so beautiful to see people honour such sacred work and ritual uh, and when you see that, you just know that that, like, that's a, you just, those people find you and you find them on a way that is unexplained. Yeah. But when you're like on Facebook or Instagram and you see the pretty shiny things. The algorithm finds you. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to be really mindful. Like we don't just have humans anymore. We have the algorithm. Yeah. It and, makes it a bit more confusing, but I liked when you said before, it's how you feel, how you feel about it, not necessarily what you're presented with Mm. at any given moment yeah and you know like if you're if you're thinking that um that you might like the idea to be trained up in in a certain modality or ritual it you've got to think about the teacher that's teaching you too and their methods because you can undo your spiritual work you can regress yeah and I mean, every you've got to go through what you've got to go through. Yep. But at that point, you're using your free will to to draw out the um, the destiny or the the fulfillment. Um, and like, I uh, it's just a waste of time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think. But like you said, you know, each to their own. For and sure. It, and it can be difficult because it is such a. Um, area that there's so much growth in and there's so much publicity in um, there's also like no regulation no it would be too difficult anyway like how do you regulate that when there's so many different takes on it and there's you know there is truly something for anyone and everyone and there's no Mm -hmm. levels to it so to speak but how you feel about it is definitely a good indicator if you have that level of self-awareness which comes from your number one and your number two in the hierarchy yeah if you're if you're keeping them sacred and Mm. holding them sacred and treating them that way then you can trust your compass yeah you can trust that energy and you can also trust that the stuff that's the fluffy stuff that's not that that's just the pretty shiny stuff you won't see it it won't matter. It, but but, it, but you won't see it. It, it won't yeah. even appear. Like I don't see, like, you watch it happening now because I'm talking about it. <laughs> but, like, on my social media, which I'm very rarely on, but when I'm <laughs> on it, I never see fluff. Yeah. It just doesn't come into my my stratosphere. Like it's just not there. Yeah. Because the universe is sending me a different vibe. I'm attracting different things. I don't, like, when a student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. I don't need them to appear because they're not my teachers. Yeah. They, they're someone's teachers, but they're not mine. Can you talk a bit more about this compass that you've mentioned a couple of times? Yep. So that's the, it's the hump, the, the humpus. The humpus. 
It's the compass that essentially keeps you on that path of alignment. Okay. So it's like where your true north is. Yeah. So within my uh, my values and my beliefs and all of that uh, lies my north star or my true north, which is a feeling. Yeah. And so I have my feeling that I've been blessed to experience from a vision from when I'm 82 on the rocking chair on the front veranda. <laughs> and so that's a feeling that... Um, that keeps me on course. So I move to what makes me feel that way. I move to what elicits that or sustains that. And if it doesn't, I don't move there. Yep. So everyone has their true north. Everyone can have their true north. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. So everyone has a path for their highest good. Yes. Um, But... To know what your true north is, you need to go inwards with that. You yeah. need to... Everyone finds that. Everyone develops that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if my true north feels like the most ridiculous amount of gratitude and blessing and love and fulfilment and truth um, and transparency, there's something re- like there's something about that feeling that just makes me feel transparent. Um, like I'm exactly who I am on the outside and who I am on the inside and I've kind of self-actualized in a way. I don't think that I could ever do that. And I actually truly believe that I don't think it's actually possible. Yeah. But um, that's what I feel like it would be the closest thing to. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it's a feeling because I'm dying in that vision. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't taken the vision further to know what it is, but it's like a transparent feeling. Okay. Um, so if that's the, the feeling that I have, um, then... I can use my free will to choose to to keep that as my north or I can venture off path. Like I can choose. Yes, of course. And I know how far I've strayed yeah. or I know how, how lost I am, uh, but I'm always aware of that. And it's, a, it's part of my vitality and my spirituality that mm. I know that. Like it's just my highest value. So everyone can find what that feeling is that they want. That's right, for themselves. Yeah. Yep, everyone can develop that And then they level. can choose to use their free will to stay on the path to feel those feelings. It doesn't mean that I don't get suffering or of I don't course. get shocked or I don't have things happen that I wasn't prepared for or expected. But, again, all suffering is just a perception of loss. So, and I know that through and through. So the minute that I am exposed to suffering, I truly believe that that's because whatever I have inside of me is here to transmute whatever this problem is on the external. Sure. That the problem is an illusion, essentially. So I use my free will to very quickly find the source of how I can get back to that feeling, but without bypassing. So I don't just use my faith to just go, everything will be fine. I will just attach and leave this to be and not partake in my life. I go through it, but I'm always looking at my compass. Yep. Just going, I've got divine time. I can sit and wallow in this shit. I can sit and talk about the problem. I can twiddle my thumbs and know the solution, but do fuck all about it. It's like, no, that's not the way that I work. Yeah. Not at all. And that's what that compass does. And so the compass is a feeling. Yep. And I liked how you briefly described what spiritual bypassing was because we've talked about that term a little bit. Yep. Um, so thank you for that description. It really is not just, um, you know, 
doing I the fluffy stuff. Doing the, not just doing the fluffy stuff, really yeah. honouring the shit pile and working your way through it. Mm. And um, you identified in me, I don't know, a little while back now, one or two years ago, that I was really trying to bypass and save myself from sitting in, you know, some sadness and grief and you have to go through that. You can't just avoid it. Yep. You feel that and it doesn't last forever, but you mm-hmm. can't just pretend everything's fine when it's yeah. not. You just move through it. Yeah. Yeah. And like when I'm in suffering that is a very short period of time, yeah. um, I will be very also aware of that, um, that, it's a matter of you've I've got to go through this so I don't judge it. Yeah. But there is a sense of being able to um, control is not the right word, but there is an awareness of divine time and no, and I don't know if it's just me being me, but I'm aware of when something is taking longer than what it should. Oh right. And so it's kind of like if I get to that point, then I start judging myself. Right. Um, and, but that's just me. Cause, judging in what way though? Um, judging as in like I didn't do enough for myself. Oh, I didn't, okay. like I didn't, I put other people first. Mm. And it's when I start to get a little bit heady um, and a little bit human. Yeah. Um, which if I'm taking my vitality and my spirituality first, like it's been a long time since that happened. Yeah. Um, but, and, and when it happens, it happens so briefly that it is just a moment of awareness and it's almost like enough to just snap me back into, into who I am and to what I know to be true and that I have faith on my side. So yeah. as much as it is, um, you know, everything happens for a reason and I truly believe that everything is for your highest good and for some people it's happening so that they can serve others in bigger ways and grander ways and for some people it's just so that they can serve themselves but whatever it's not that there's no bad or good like or yeah. worse or better it's just the highest good for that person yeah. yeah and for me for a lot of the things that I have done in my past because of the visions that I've had and the downloads that I've had from spirit I think I, I sometimes get mm, I sometimes get very thoughtful and deliberately focused on whether this is a a me thing for others yet uh-huh. or a me thing for me right now. Sure. And if it's a me thing for others, I'll do it quickly. If it's yeah. a me thing for me, I put others first. Mm. And I think that's normal for some people, but it's definitely something that I know about myself and that's just part of my human character and personality. Yeah. And but I know it's there. I'm really aware You're that it's aware. there. Yeah. yeah. And um and because I've got such strict or disciplined and deliberate and conscious parameters, yeah. I'm able to be acutely aware of it very quickly. It doesn't go weeks and months before it's like, oh shit, I'm off track. Yeah. It's because like you've got the parameters. Like it's the said. next day. Yeah. Before I'm like, oh, you idiot. So you know yourself well enough to know that about yourself to order to keep on track with yeah. it. Yeah. And that's alignment. Yeah. Because I'm having this constant conversation with yep. my spiritual side, my human side, and the part that exists between. Yeah. And, and I'm able, listening to it. Yeah. You can reflect on something mm-hmm. without having to ruminate on it. Or, yeah. Or judge it. Like yep. you were saying before, it might just be a reflection rather than having that judgment come in. It might yeah. just be like, oh, right. Right. Because... <laughs> Um, when I start to get emotional about something, yeah, 
uh, I usually know that I'm a little bit off balance because a lot of this, this might sound really cold, but a lot of what I experience in my life is just transactions and deposits of energy. Yeah. And so some things have a denser um, vibration yeah. and some things have a lighter. Some things... A heavy deposit or a light yeah, deposit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and some things feel like they have a longer wavelength than some others, like the... It's, it's kind of like a, it's just an exchange. Sure. That's an energy thing, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. just an exchange. Yeah. And, and I see it that way. I don't really get emotional about no. it. Yeah. Uh, and that does make, I think it makes me better at what I do. And I think that that particular trait that I have is very beneficial in what I do. Mm. Um, but as a human, um, Sometimes it's hard to turn that off when I've got to go through stuff. So it's like when that first emotional hit hits in, yeah. it's like, oh, here we go. It's like I'm dropping straight back into human. Yeah, that would be tricky. It sometimes is. It's like almost opposite. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, um, it's like I just lived, I live so, um, I try really hard to live in harmony with my spiritual self and my human self as one. Yes. And when the human self has to evolve through something, the human self has to experience it as a suffering first, which means you have to be let go of your spirit, so to yeah, speak, yeah. and your your human self gets dropped on its ass. It's the emotional side. You're aware of the suffering, and then it's how quickly you remember that you're tethered yes, and that you can reach to your faith in the spirit connection and ask them and surrender and just say, help me through this path of my highest good, knowing that this, whatever I'm going through, is for my highest good and the highest good for all. There's the purpose there. Yeah. To honour. Yeah. Yeah. It allows me to understand and really truly believe in every part of me that whatever is happening is happening for me and not to me. Yeah. And as soon as I can believe that and absorb that, then the journey is one that I sit and, and, and ride knowing that I've got my compass straight in front of me yeah, and I start to see the blessings show up. And you just said to me before, I don't I forget what it was um, that happened. And, oh, no, I don't remember now. Um, <laughs> and you said, oh, you're always such a glass half full. Like you're always so optimistic. You can always see the blessing in everything. I'm like, yeah. Like, but, but that's just how I work. But yeah. I wasn't always that way. No, that's, it's a learned behaviour again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're all, you know, somewhere along that path. Hmm. But also I've, I put the boundaries to make sure that I could get to that point. Yeah, you've, you support yourself in a way that makes that achievable. Yeah. And I realise that the way that I do things is to the extreme. Yeah. Oh, like, I mean, I'm not like a, I'm not the extremist of extreme spiritual people by any means, but to everyday people, which I am an everyday person, yeah. um, I'm quite disciplined and I, and I do put some extreme discipline around that. Um, and I know that that's not for everyone and I get that, um, but people like listeners have also got to remember that it's my job. 
Yes. And that if it was your job, like how strict are you with your job? Yeah. You make sure that you've had enough sleep oh, to be able to perform surgery. Yeah. You make sure that you're not drinking or taking drugs to perform surgery. Yeah. You know, you make sure that you're scrubbed in and that you've followed all of the protocols yeah. to do your job. Yeah, there's a certain amount of yearly learning yeah. to do and all of that. Yeah. And that's how I got to be the teacher, you yeah. know. Ignore that. Sorry about that. My goodness. <laughs> That's how, like, I get to be in the seat that I'm in. Yeah. Because I prioritised it for a really long time and did the work. Yeah. And so I don't I don't think that, I think if everyone was to put me as a guide of... Oh, I got it's you. Too, it's how sort of, you are. Yeah, yeah it's far, no. too, far too extreme. But it's really good to hear... Um those parameters because I think there's something that we can all take about and even reflect on where we are now and how we might like to further support ourselves in you know making our own parameters up to support ourselves in our journey and Mm -hmm. our hierarchy I love that the vitality and the spirituality and that sort of thing yeah and so if you want to learn more about sacred spaces join the boot camp which is on the 26th 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 and the 27th of june uh, it goes from nine till four on each day and it's 22 dollars yep um virtual via zoom it's lots of fun it's high energy it's lots of learning lots of information yeah um, pow 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 pew, pew. <laughs> um but i definitely um talk about sacred spaces in there and if you're a member of the raise your vibe membership the raise your vibe tribe but, yes. Uh, then that is what June month is. It's Sacred Spaces Month. So in the boot camp, we get a big overview and sort of just touch on, on all of the different things that can raise your vibe. Yeah. Uh, practical things that you can do to help your energy and to connect you more into your spiritual self yep. and to bring more self-awareness about and to support that journey. Uh, and then the Raise Your Vibe Tribe is where we deep dive into each of those ones and spend a whole month on it. And it's a much more intimate um, experience where there's community and all yeah. the boot campers go in and chat and share and it support. It Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. It helps you really integrate it and live it. Um, a lot of my um, mentees are in there as well, which are like big sisters and big brothers to the group, which is awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's sacred spaces or protecting your sacred, your sanctity of your spirituality. Oh my in a goodness, nutshell. that's a lot of alliteration there. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. Good. It was a lot, but yeah, yeah I think I'm going to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> mm. I, it's funny how like some episodes it's just so kind of easy breezy like really easy kind of information than others I can feel myself getting lost like I almost yeah. forget where I am you have to go all the way around the topic and then sort of go into Deep. it to tease it out yeah, yeah. it's interesting yeah. so send us your thoughts on this episode if you would like to um, have some further explanations or if you like me just need to go back over it again that's also cool too and tracy you're going to put up a couple of images on instagram i think you said yep yep so do that will you love (laughs) (laughs) if remind me will you love (laughs) (laughs) no worries (laughs) all right take care everybody ciao
If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook 